Hey everyone, it's Pacific, and welcome to the penultimate episode of Margaret's Garden. This has been an incredibly long and very wonderful journey, and uh, there's nothing else to say except I hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for tuning in. If you like the world we crafted and you really like what we do, please leave a review on Apple Podcast or tell a friend to tune in. Also, if you're a fan of our other show, SCP Archives, we are returning this April, uh, a little later than we usually return every year, um, in part because I've been working on Margaret's Garden. Uh, so if you want more weird agents and sci-fi worlds, make sure you tune into SCP Archives, Season 3, coming soon. But without further ado, this week's episode... Once upon a time, there was nothing. It wasn't a lot of nothing. Just a little nothing, really. But just enough to maybe be a something. And sure enough, when the nothing finally stepped through that singular door and into space and time, it did indeed become a something. Became a she, more precisely. A she that had a body and a mind, and most importantly, a heart. She'd never had a body, mind, or heart before, not that she could recall, but she took to all three quite well. It was all very exciting, coming from nothing and into such a wonderfully unique something. Then she found a he. Or maybe he found her. It's really hard to tell from here. Either way, they found each other, which maybe makes more sense. He took her in, into his home, into his life, and yes even into his long-suffering heart. And those two hearts, well, you know what they say. It was meant to be. He'd never met anyone like her, and neither had anyone else. She was special, this she. There was no doubt about that. And we know what happens to the special ones, don't we, folks? And it happened to her, and to him. He let his fear guide him, and she let her love bind her, and it was all done so sweet that they neither seemed to notice. Not until it was much too late. It was a quaint little charm that ended up doing the trick. A necklace. Unassuming, really, that little thing. But it's sometimes the little things, isn't it? Its origins were beyond human understanding, and its design beyond human ingenuity. But its intentions were well known, and all too human. It was a cell plain and simple. Of course, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, aren't we, folks? Or behind. I can hardly tell anymore. Point is, we know all about these two. Ernie and Margaret. About their chance encounter and their budding romance. And maybe about something more. Something not so random in their meeting. Let's check back in. Are you awake? Mm-hmm. I had one of those... One of the... Dreams. Again. In my... While I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Good dreams. No. It wasn't good at all. 
I don't think I like. Where is that place, Ernie? Where are the dreams? Hmm? What place, sweetheart? The dream place. I was in a castle. But I'd never been there. But I knew it somehow. Like I had been there. And then... It's fading, but I knew it. That place. That place that I'd never been to before. Dreams, baby. They're just dreams. Come over here. They don't mean anything. Or... It's not a real place. It's all in your head. But... How do you know? It seems so... They seem so real. You know what? How do you know which place is real? Maybe this is. Maybe this is the dream. And that other place... Hmm. Well... I think we all wonder about that. Sometimes. Wait until you have the deja vu dream. Deja vu? Yep. Those are real gas. It's like seeing into the future. In your dreams, you see the future. Well, it feels like you do. The deja vu actually happens later on when you're awake. But it... Well, you always say, I dreamt this. That kind of thing. So... Then the dreams are real. That's a real place. Not exactly. I mean, I don't really know. I'm just saying that, you know, we can't just live in our dreams. Or the dreams are just a part of... We gotta be in the real world. And they're not real. Does that make sense? I think so, Ernie. This is the real world. And if we wake up, and it's all gone, then that's okay. Because the dreams... The dreams are... our oracles? Is that right? Sure. Oracles. I think that's right. And besides, you, right here, cuddled up next to me... This is a dream come true. It is? Absolutely. Love is a tricky thing, isn't it, friends? What starts off as a cute quirk can easily turn into a petty annoyance. Endearing turns to enduring, even in the best relationships. And familiarity, as the adage says, breeds contempt. Thankfully, as we navigate the terra incognita of love, we also find the deeper connections that truly bind us to one another. Another dream world of sorts, no question about that but one that most of us prefer to the reality of a life lived without it. Hey everyone, it's Pacific here with a quick ad break. And reminder, if you hate ads and you don't want to listen to them, consider joining us at midnightdisease.net slash join, where for only $5 a month, you can get early and ad-free access to all of our shows like Margaret's Garden, Out of Place, the Theater of Tomorrow, and The Hotel. And now, back to our show. Ah, did you see the lifestyle page? 
A hat shop is coming to the mall. A millinery. Ah. Uh, what's that? A millinery. A hat maker. Is it? What's a haberdashery then? Buttons, ribbons, zippers. Hmm. Is it? I always thought that a haberdashery was for hats. And that's just English. Sombreria. Boshia. All right, all right, I gotcha. A millinery it is then. Anyways, there's one down at the mall. A millinery. That's a great word. Ernie? Mm-hmm. Ernie, I'm... I think I'm bored. Mm-hmm. That's nice, dear. Ernie, I said I was bored. Aren't you listening to me? What? Oh, yes. I'm sorry, dear. Yes, yes, I heard you. You're bored. We're all bored sometimes, love. It's okay. Bored is good, right? Only the well-off can afford to be bored. But I don't like it, Ernie. I don't want to be bored anymore. Why are people bored? It doesn't make any sense. I want to see the world, Ernie. It's such a big place. I want to... Can't we... get out of here? Well, sure, I mean, we could. But, you know, airplanes are full of miasma. There's a good word for you. Miasma. It was in yesterday's crossword. I forgot the clue, but it fit. Ernie! Oh, what's up? You're not listening to me. Margaret, sure I am. I am. I'm listening. What can I... I want this necklace off. Right now. I want you to... I want to... I don't want to wear it anymore. I want... I want you to take it off. Margaret... I... You know I can't do that. I... We've been over it. I told you what would happen. Look. Eddie said... Eddie said? What's that got to... What am I supposed to do? Whoever takes that necklace off... I told you what he said. I don't trust Eddie. How do we know? He might be... But how can I risk it? Ernie, why... This isn't... Is this how it's always going to be? Won't we ever... Look, I know how you feel. Trust me. If I could take it back... If I'd known... I wouldn't have put... Why can't we take it back? It's just not how it works here. We can't just take things back. It's in the past now, and... And I'll always feel like this. And I'll always be going forward, forward, forward. Feeling like this forever. To hell with all your goddamn revelations. Calm down, Ernie. You know I can't stand all the- No! I will not calm down, Conway. You know, before you came here, this was a normal place. This is a normal place. A normal place, is it? Magic books, energy wells, rips in the fabric of space popping up on Elm. Naked women popping up in the middle of cedar. She's not a woman, Ernie. We've been through this. She's a... Well, we don't really know what she is, do we? She's my wife, Conway. That's the long and short of it. 
And I'm not talking about that. Well, I don't know. Either way, what I think is hardly the point. You're a menace, Conway. And a coward. Just where is all of this coming from, Ernie? Why the sudden tension? What's going on? I'm taking it off. What's that now? I'm taking it off. The necklace. Today. I would advise against that, Ernie. It's designed to- Bullshit. I don't believe it. That is no bullshit, Ernie. Please believe me. The book provided the- The design came right from the book. I don't believe you. Let me see it. <laughs> Ernie, you know that's not how it works. The book reveals what it wills to who it wills. But you're welcome well, to- Well, isn't that convenient? The book won't allow it. That's great. I want that necklace off her, Conway. And I'm not kidding. I'll- I be careful what I wished for, dear boy. We both know what that necklace is. We both know the why. And let's not forget, it's that necklace that is keeping your beloved Margaret in our fine company. You see that, don't you? Ask yourself, what would happen? I mean, you do realize it's that necklace that is keeping her from- She'd be a god here without it, Ernie. Or something damn close to it. No. She's not- You don't understand her, Conway. There wouldn't- She wouldn't ever- and what about that other side? Where she's from? The other side is full of- Well, all I know is that it is a place of unimaginable darkness and power. The book has shown me that. And more. The book has shown me how to draw them out. Her little friends. How to harness their power. They are... They have almost unlimited potential power locked up in their corporeal manifestations. It's like they're... That's what she's like. She's like a walking atom bomb. What would happen if she... You bastard, Conway. You know nothing about her. She never... I'm a bastard. No, you've got it all wrong. I'm your best friend. Your best friend, and you don't even know it. Or won't admit it. Do you honestly think that she would love you if she were free of her bindings, with all of that power, with all that energy at her disposal? You think you measure up to that... to that kind of pure power? What would she possibly want with you? The book told you all that, huh? Yeah, right. That's not even the half of it. We... you don't understand. We've made a home. She and I are... A home? You're a cat and a mouse without my charm, Ernie. Face the facts. To hell with you, Conway. I know- No, Ernie. To the future with me. And with you. And your little wife, bound as she is, and all her little friends streaming through the cracks. They're all getting us out of here. And don't worry, she'll be coming too. We couldn't do it without her. Those were dark days for Ernie. He loved Margaret. And he was pretty sure that Margaret loved him too. And thinking about her as some kind of... Well... It was a lot to shoulder. He knew, remembered how she was before the necklace. The flowers, and the mind-reading, and the slamming drawers. It was scary sometimes. Calling her powerful just barely covered it. Ernie knew that. But let's face it, folks. It wasn't altruism or fear for the fate of man that kept Ernie from taking that necklace off. It was love. He wanted Margaret more than any other thing, and he'd do anything to make that happen. Conway's plans were bound to change everything for poor Ernie. Margaret back in her own world, and among her own kind, the thought left Ernie feeling despondent. 
He felt certain that no matter what happened, he was fated to lose Margaret, either in this world or the next. It looks so... Oh, my goodness. It's so... different. Ernie, you wouldn't believe it. So much has changed. There's so many... <laughs> Conway said this might happen. That what would happen? Just that us being here in the astral plane would likely change everything on this side. He did. But how could he know it's... It was the book, of course. That thing is singing like a choir lately. And this... All this... Hmm, let's see. He said, The introduction of matter will cause instantaneous generation of forms in space. And... I think he also said something about time, but... I can't, uh... Oh, yes. I feel it. I can feel it again. Coursing through me. Oh... Ernie, I've missed this. No, oh, baby, you're crying. Are you sure you're okay? I'm just... I'm... <laughs> I'm okay. I'm just so happy to be home. I'm happy for you, too. I'm sorry it's been so hard lately. I'm glad we finally made it. Oh, me too, Ernie. I'm so glad... I really never dreamed I'd be back here. And we can have a fresh start. We can let go of all the... the things that happened back there. All the... Yes. I'd like that, Ernie. A fresh start. In that spirit? Yes? The necklace, Ernie. It's time to take off this necklace. The necklace? Right. Uh, of course. It's just... Ernie, is this how you feel? You'd rather me be bound than free? Even after everything we've shared, and you know... It's not that. It's not what? What is it, then? You said that I was wearing that necklace to put minds at ease, to... to get along... In Everton. And now you're telling me... Without it, you'll leave. I'll leave? Yes. You'll leave. You'll leave me, and... and... I can still leave, Ernie. I could have left any time I wanted. No. Conway said, with the necklace, you're still one of us. You're still my wife. Conway said, did he? He said I was your wife. No. He... He said I was your prisoner. That's not true. It is. I see it on you. Written all over your face. No. That's not... You're not a prisoner. Then let me go. Let's see what happens. Hun. I don't want to lose you. Ernie. You are losing me. Can't you see that? I know. I know. I don't know what else to do. I'm damned if I do. Damned if I don't! So? What will you do? I can't take it off, Margie. I just can't. You'll stay with me. You have to. Where will you go? With that necklace binding you, where could you possibly go? 
Away. Away? Far away. And then you'll come back to me. The necklace, it... You have to. Conway told me. I told you what he said. That necklace is our bond. I do wish that you'd chosen differently. I really thought that you'd be the one. What's that mean? It means, my love, that it is time for me to go. And Margaret did leave for a time, left to explore her old home, its new vistas and peoples. But she found she was a stranger in this new world, too. The newly formed citizens of Outworld were unknown to her, the places they'd shaped, foreign. As she made her way through the new world, she also saw something that she'd never seen before, something she hoped she'd never see in her world. Fear, written in every knitted brow and along every worried face that she passed. Her people were afraid of her. She was, somehow, in some way, unrecognizable to them. They feared the necklace, she knew that, but they also feared her. She truly belonged nowhere. Ernie left Everton shortly after Margaret. His brother's mark seared into his countenance, banished into the outworld. His bride lost, his brother lost. He fled into the Mountain King's domain, its creeping expanses well suited to the isolation he coveted. A very, very long time passed. And then Margaret came back, just as Ernie said she would. They were both outcasts. Ernie had known, and now she knew it too. Your face? Ernie, who did this to you? My... Oh. Yes. Eddie did this. He's... Well, he's lost his mind, I think. He's been absorbing power from this place somehow. He... Uh, he burned me. I don't think... Oh, Ernie, my love. I'm so sorry. I was afraid that that might happen. This world... It contains a great deal of power. It's easy to fall prey to it. To become intoxicated by it. What do we do, Ernie? What's next? What do we do? Does that mean... Are you... I mean, there's nothing to do. There's nothing we can do. We just have to let it settle down. So... What? We just sit here... And... Wait? While who knows what is going on out there? Just... Sit in your castle, your stolen castle, and wait. I don't know, Margaret. I just don't know. He's... he's my brother. And so there we have it. Margaret and Ernie, the quintessential prisoners of love. He bound to her and his fear of losing her, and she bound to him and his love by her sacrifice. Their imprisonment passed day by day, year by year, century by century, millennia by... 
you get the point. The years stretched out in unvarying silence. At times they were close, their loneliness and the isolation of their mountain retreat driving them over and over again into each other's arms. At other times there was a widening gulf between them, a deep chasm filled with grief, regret, and recrimination. In the midst of this, and in the center courtyard of the castle, Margaret planted her garden. It is a lovely garden. She's been growing all manner of things there, things both fantastic and mundane. Some you'd recognize right off, lovely orchids as delicate as glass, sunflowers, giant and forbidding in their own way, growing tall and thick and reaching toward a sun unlike any they've ever known before. There are marigolds and daisies, and a hundred other spinning blooms and blossoms. They know not toil. And then there are those others, those other fauna. They're familiar in their own way, but also not quite familiar. Lovely, deadly little creatures, really. Animate and alive, but anchored, safe and secure in the loamy flesh of the outworld. These rare grafts have a taste for more than sunlight, as many a wayward traveler would attest to. While Margaret tended her garden, Ernie retreated into the tower. He spent most of his days there watching Margaret, conspiring with the man that he once was, seeking the answer to the most perplexing questions. His own garden was a garden of the mind. He sowed his regret there and reaped only pangs of conscience. They lived in a most beautiful prison. Agents Harris and Washington weren't hip to any of this, of course. As they watched the Borealis swirling and cascading all around them, they've no sense of this dramatic play. No, they're just following the lights. The path seems certain at this point. So I guess we follow the light, unless you got something better? No, no, I think, uh... Yeah, I mean, let's follow the light. What else is there at this point? Right. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Huh. Well, let's see. My experience with magical castles nestled into lonely mountains could be a bloodthirsty giant, could be disembodied ghouls from Saturn's ether, or let's see, it could be a zombie Nazi. Zombie Nazis? No, Nazi. Singular. Zombie Nazi. There was just the one. Oh. The point is, these kinds of castles, it's always some kind of asshole inside. It's never been anything else. Yeah, so far. Right, so far. So, bloodthirsty giant? That's what I'm leaning toward. Lots of big shit in this world. Not a lot of miniature, if you know what I mean. Right. Maybe Margaret's in there. I was thinking the same thing. I wonder if maybe... Margaret is worse than a zombie Nazi? Exactly. We're getting close to the end here, Harris, and I just get this sinking feeling. I know, right? Fucking Conway, what was that? Yeah, that was seriously disturbing. I mean, I wanted justice. But that... The way he burned like that. And everything he said... You're not buying that crap, are you? He was totally bluffing us. All that set my people free shit. That was crap. I don't know, Harris, and neither do you. Shit can still go sideways. Margaret's still an X-Factor here, and, you know, her motives are completely unknown. Yeah, but seriously, that was all just Conway justifying some sick colonial fantasy of his that went horribly wrong. 
He was blowing smoke there. A lot of it at the end there, anyway. Right. I'm with you. I'm just saying, we still don't know what we don't know. Follow protocol, remember your training, and for God's sake, don't fall for any of this noble knight bullshit. Why would I? Look, Washington... I'm just saying, Conway was right about that, at least. All the melodrama of finding Margaret has definitely been a little weird. It seems a little too, I don't know, convenient, maybe? Amplified? Well, I'm not... Look, I know what it must seem like, but I can assure you, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. We got our man. Conway is a pile of ashes. Quest complete, as far as I'm concerned. Great, just keep that in mind when we get in here. Watch my back, and I got yours. We wrap this up and we get our asses back the fuck home. Copy home. Our agents make the final approach. The castle is both magnificent and somehow humble. It is clearly the work of a brilliant, yet subdued mind. A bit of poetic architecture. Grand and heartbreaking all at the same time. Clearly the work of our friend, the Mountain King. They reach the enormous wooden door that is the castle's main entrance. Uh, it, it's open. Eh, it can't be good. In your experience, does an open gate mean... Not now, Harris. Eyes up. It's so quiet. Why is it so quiet? Aren't castles supposed to be bustling? Peasants and guards and serving wenches? Serving wenches? Or whatever. I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying, where is everybody? It's just like the rest of this place. Everything here is just the husk. The germ has been removed. The life... Holy shit. The germ? Oh, a husk? <laughs> That's pretty fucking poetic for you, Wash. Shut up, Harris. Yeah, you're right, though. Mrs. Hinky, I'm getting a very bad feeling. The agents make their way into the castle. They pass by many well-appointed rooms. There are numerous sitting rooms, an enormous library, a parlor with a harpsichord sitting on a raised dais in the corner. Though the rooms have the accoutrement befitting a grand palace, they also bear the indelible mark of disuse, almost as if they've been forgotten, or perhaps lost to the occupants and their perpetual roaming. Finally, they make their way into the courtyard and stand in the garden. It's a lush panoply of color and vines. Delicate flowers bend toward the sun, and thick green vines clamor about, growing large and unruly. The agents are overwhelmed by the sweet, fragrant smell and the lush, earthy aroma that hangs in the air. And so they don't notice, in the middle of the garden, dirt on her face, her hands plunged into the brown-black earth, Margaret. She wears a floppy straw hat and faded and torn overalls. She wields a trowel and appears to be transplanting some small budding plants. They glow faintly and at times twist rhythmically this way and that in her able hands. Watch yourself, agents. Don't step on the giggling pansies. They are especially sensitive to touch and they, well, leave a nasty bite. Well, well, well. Hello? We've been looking for you. Have you now? We have. It looks like you found me. Indeed it does. So, you're... Margaret? Nothing getting past you, Agent Harris. Wow, okay. How about this one? Why the fuck are we here? Ah, <laughs> the big question. Right into it. I like that. 
The existential conundrum that keeps your kind up each and every night. Why are we here? All right, now just hold on. Olive's Agent Harris, if you don't mind, but right now, he's right. You owe us some fucking answers. Do I? Don't you? You brought us here. Part of me did, I suppose. Wait, Pasha? Pasha's a part of you? Everything here is a part of me. This whole island is my garden, Agent Harris. So what? Are you some sort of god or something? I don't think that's quite the right word. I am, or perhaps was, a force of creation. I made the mountains, the shores, and filled my island with life. A little bit of me is in every stone and bone here. Great. Then you already know we're trying to do the right thing here. If we can do that and wrap this whole thing up, I can be home in time for dinner. So, why don't you tell us what's happening? (laughs) Well, that would be nice. I do agree, but unfortunately, I don't really know. There's a book... Hold on a second. What do you mean you don't know? There are things that I simply don't know, Agents. I don't know why that surprises you. Because you're Margaret. And it's been all Margaret, Margaret, Margaret since we got here. All roads, as they say. Oh, I may see to the shores of this island and back, but I am not omniscient. But you know what's wrong. The book. You know of the book, no doubt. Conway and Eddie used it to alter their town, then scar this land. Do you know of the book's prophecy? No, we're not going there. We're here for you. We can't have any additional signs and wonders, and we sure as hell don't want to hear about- I can appreciate that, Agent Washington. Prophecies are often vague and misleading. And, let's face it, they make people do terrible things. Inhuman things. Great. So let's get on with it. You read this book? It's on Oprah's list or something? What's the deal? Oh! (laughs) No, it's not that kind of book. It's a... how can I say this? It's alive. It is a living word. The living word. I've only come into contact with it one time. It was carefully hidden away, but... well... It was... calling to me. So I sought it out. And when I finally got my hands on it, let's just say it's an engaging read. A book that really transports the reader. It brought me to Everton. As I'd learn, it brought many of my creations before me to Everton, too. Each one had been killed, and their bodies used to power Everton, to create elusive technologies, that accursed book had torn open a hole connecting this world and yours. And then it was whispering in the ear of Eddie Everett. So, what happened? Why didn't you destroy the book? What happened? Everton happened. Ernie happened. The necklace happened. I didn't know about the book then. I didn't know Eddie's plans. I didn't know of Conway's creations. (sighs) Fine. Can you sum up this prophecy for me, then? Of course. I am the beginning and the end. Of what? Everton, I think. All right. That brings us back to question numero uno. Why are we here? 
The necklace must be removed. Then I'll be able to close the rifts between our worlds. You and everyone before you has been summoned for that alone. Like a test? To see if we'll do the right thing? That's right, Harris. That's it? Simple as that? That's right. In the grand scheme of things, sometimes it is the simplest expression. And there's no sinister plot to destroy humanity? Well, there's no plot that I'm aware of. Great. What's the catch? You get your powers back, close these rifts, and then what? That's another thing I don't know. Conway made this necklace. I don't know the rules it abides by, only that I cannot take it off myself. But I've been here for a great many years, tending this garden. And I think... I think that I am waiting. Waiting for what? For someone to do the right thing. And the stuff about the Fisher King and the Knights... That's what this is all about? Harris? No, Wash, I want to know. Why us, Margaret? Why all the drama? Why involve us at all? You're not chosen, if that's what you mean. I have not been waiting for you particularly, Mr. Harris. Oh. But there's too much stock placed in birth and lineage. Anyone can free the Fisher King, as long as they asked the question. Brave or not, noble or not, as long as you're willing to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. So, we're, we're just... We don't matter? In the great battle between the Outworld and Everton... No. I suppose you don't. Late arrivers that you are. Nor in the great histories and mythologies of your own world, I suspect. This tale will never be known there. But to your own. In your own little corner of the big, big universe. Sure. You matter there. Miss Washington matters to her wife. She matters to her work colleagues. And to Vinnie, who owns the pizza parlor and sells her a double mushroom slice every Thursday. That's... How did you know that? The pizza thing is... The point is, mattering doesn't matter. Lives of quiet desperation, agents. All of this... All of this will be forgotten. And then... She's a real pistol, right? All that redeemer mumbo-jumbo. Hello, Ernie. We have guests. Mm-hmm. I see that. Say hello, Ernie. Hello, brave knights. Comest thou to rescue the Maid Fair? Agents Washington and Harris. We're here investigating. Save it, Agents Washington and Harris. It doesn't concern me. That's... That is all in the past for me. Okay, look, we're just here. Well, I know why you're here. It's funny. I've been sitting in that tower for... God, I don't even know how long. Sitting there, thinking. Thinking about how to make this right. All these years. The time passing. And the answer always eluding me. But, I... I knew it all along. It's like having a word stuck right on the tip of your tongue... 
I felt like I knew, or was so close to knowing. For so long now, I knew what to do, but just couldn't quite make out how to do it. And then you two come ambling up the walk and it's like, BAM! It hits me like a ton of bricks. Just do it then. Take the goddamn thing off of her and let's be done with this whole mess. It'll kill me, Agent. She mentioned that? We picked it up along the way. I'll bet you did. There's no doubt that that's why Conway made it that way. The necklace. Book or no book, he knew I couldn't say no to the lady. You've told me no plenty of times. Stakes are high on this one, my love. Indeed they are. Right. And maybe Conway was bluffing. Maybe it was a long con to keep him and Eddie in power. To keep you and Margaret divided. They must have known that Margaret would never go for their bullshit plan to turn this place into a fucking strip mall. Well, I've thought about that, too. Wondered almost endlessly about Conway and his conniving. About his lies. Yeah, that guy was nothing but lies. Right, Wash? So what's your play here, Ernie? Here we are. God knows we've come a long way to see you and Margaret. And the scales have fallen from your eyes, right? It's all clear now? Yes, dear. Like the agent says, it's all clear now. What is your play? What will you do? What will I do? Ernie. Remember when we went to the beach, Margaret? Shoresville? We walked the boardwalk. I remember. That was a very special night for us. Yes, it was. Do you remember what I told you that night? What I promised you? Of course I do, Ernie. I told you that no matter what happens, no matter what, I never let you go. And you never have. That's right. You never have. But I also told you something else that night. Yes. You did. I told you that I'd do anything for you. You did. Even if it meant the whole world burns. Yes, Ernie. I remember. I promised you that I wouldn't let anything get in my way. I never imagined that it'd be me that was in the way. We couldn't have known, Ernie. I'm ready to be true to my word to you, Margaret. Freeze! Don't move, Everett! Washington, what in God's holy fuck are you doing? I'm just... We just need to slow down for a... We've, we've got to... We can't just have you going apeshit and dismantling this place before we figure out how to get the fuck out of here. Well, that gun won't do you any good, Agent. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. I just need a single fucking minute to think here. My oath, our oath, Harris, is to secure, contain, and protect. That's what we do. There are more lives than just ours at risk here. Is Everton worth saving? Those lives were lost 70 years ago when they came here. Fine. Let's take a moment, Agent Washington. If Eddie and the late Roy Conway are successful in moving Everton back into line with your world, what do you think will happen then? 
The agency can deal with them. That's above my pay grade. But it is my job to make sure human lives aren't lost in some other dimension on the whims of a prophecy. Maybe I should just... Stop moving, dickbag, or I'm going to put a bullet right in your fucking skull. Agent Washington, really now? Haven't you learned anything yet? Your guns and your oaths. They mean less than nothing here. I guess I'll just have to take my chances, won't I? Besides, what does it matter? Either way, he's a dead man walking, right? Washington. And what about him? Him who? Wash, you gotta put the gun down. Agent Harris, you holster that weapon right now. Do you hear me? I can't do that, Washington. She... We've got to... She has to be set free. The fuck she does? This is my call, rookie. Stand the fuck down. I... I can't do that, Wash. The fuck you can't. Holster that weapon now. This whole situation is messed up. If Margaret says she's going to close the rift, we have to let her. Let Everton burn if that's what it takes. Well, I didn't imagine this would happen. Did you, dear? No. I can't say that I did. You always did keep me guessing. Harris, put the gun down. Now. I will not tell you again. No. Let this happen. Hey, back off. Don't move, Everett. Stay the fuck away from her. If you fire your weapon, I'll fire mine. Harris, you're making a huge mistake here. Put that weapon down. Not gonna happen, Wash. Finger off the trigger. We're seeing this through to the end. It's too late now. Either way, folks. Ernie has closed the proverbial and literal gap between him and Margaret. He reaches down, and in one quick motion, pulls the necklace from her neck, snapping the chain. Margaret turns toward Ernie for their final goodbye. I always told you. You did. Thank you. I suppose that there was never going to be a happy ending for these two. It wasn't in the cards. Light begins to emanate from Ernie, and slowly, where he stood, a cluster of bright lights, like fireflies, disperses, slowly drifting upwards. Margaret sighs, standing there, watching what remains of her lover drift away. Margaret turns toward the gate and starts to make her way. No, wait just a goddamn second. Where do you think you're going? Uh, yes. I suppose I owe you my gratitude. I'd begun to think that no one was going to take that necklace off. Well, we can catch up on the thank yous later. How are Harris and I going to get home? Follow me past this castle. You'll find a dome nestled within the crater containing Everton... Once I destroy the dome, venture forth into Everton. Find Town Hall and Eddie's office. There will be a device that can bring you home. Just great. Another fucking quest. Ready, Harris? I'm ready. Margaret? Margaret turns to leave again, 
her destination all but certain now. Her body begins to tremor, or rather, the space around her body. The body itself, well, Margaret is done with this old human body. It comes off of her like an old jacket, and in its place, a galaxy was already forming. A dense obsidian ink drawn from some unseen well begins to coalesce around a diamond-bright spirit. It's not your normal merging of energy and matter. This is some Big Bang little package kind of shit. Margaret's transformation from matter into antimatter sends a thunderous shockwave that rolls all the way across the King's Mountain, breaking up the Earth, crumbling bits of the castle, and hurtling Agents Washington and Harris back, knocking them unconscious. Margaret's Garden was written by Pacific S. Obadiah and Jonathan Goldberg. With script editing by Frankie Serrano. Our narrator was Graham Rowitz. Margaret was Jordan Cobb. Ernie was Atticus Jackson. Washington was Risa M. Harris was Russell Moore. And Conway was Enver Mahmoud. Our composer is the incredible Danny Sweet, and I'm your sound designer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our producers are Brad Miska and Tom Owen. For more information, visit margaretspodcast.com.